It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch. It's the Guy Benson Show. Monday edition. Just got back from San Francisco. For the wedding of my friend Alex and his new bride, Julia. Congratulations to the couple. Beautiful wedding. Really fun time. Great band. Really good food. Beautiful setting. All of the things. And it was fun to see a couple people that I know out there. Totally worth it. Although that was definitely a lot of travel for the wedding on Saturday night. Glad I did it. And on Saturday, I got up. It's weird being on Pacific time. It just is. Right, our football game started at 9 a.m. So I got up to watch the Cavs get smacked at the big house. Competitive in the first half, and then just the wheels came off in the second half. So I was like, late third quarter, they blocked a punt, touchdown. Okay, I think I'm done here. So I wanted to go down to the gym and blow off some steam. I knew that the evening was going to be filled with perhaps some drinking and some eating. So I wanted to sort of get ready with a nice, strong workout. Although, as it turned out, I probably burned off some of the calories from dinner and drinks on the dance floor because if I have enough to drink, I will dance. And the mother of the groom, his family, they're big Fox fans, which is cool. She sort of beckoned me to come dance, and I wasn't sure. Like, you know, don't make me dance. But I had enough, perhaps, gins and tonic to be persuaded. And the music was really good. So that was fun. In any case, I decided to go to the gym. This is still at the hotel. And of course, out in Northern California, every restriction you can imagine basically for COVID is in place. I mean, just vaccine card mandates everywhere. Very strict about it. Masks all over the place. The indoor mask mandate, which we've talked about here on the show, because the mayor who imposed it famously ignored it. Right. Mayor London Breed. That's her name out there. Just like the mayor here in Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser. Those are two. I will say those are impressive names. London Breed and Muriel Bowser. Strong names, bad leaders. Because they both force all of us to do things. And of course, everyone has to comply. You've got little minders all over the place asking you to do this, reminding you to do that. This is the milieu out there. It's just not for me. But these two mayors don't abide by their own rules, right? Bowser is like showing up at weddings, the mask off. She posts photos of herself indoors, without a mask on. And then London Breed out in San Francisco had that famous video at the nightclub where she was just like drinking and dancing and partying for hours in a packed, enclosed area in violation of her own rule. And she was just like, well, we don't need the mask police. I'm like, well, yeah, that's you. You're the mask police. And she had the amazing excuse when asked about it in Cut 32. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. Yep. The old spirit feeling. Exemption, I guess. Only for very special people out there in San Francisco. And I will say this. I was feeling the spirit the whole weekend. It was a spirit-filled weekend for me in San Francisco. My friend was getting married. There was good music. And yet the feeling the spirit excuse would not have worked for me. Here's the example that I want to give you about how bonkers it was out there. So... I go down to the hotel gym. I've got my room key, which is typically what you need to get access to a hotel gym. And I'm sort of absentmindedly, I swipe the key and nothing happens. A little yellow light flashes, not green. Then I look and on the door, there's a sign explaining that I need to go to the front desk and get a separate gym key because of the COVID protocols. 
Now, I look through the window into the gym, which is big. This is a big, for a hotel, you imagine sort of at a, a smaller like Hampton Inn or Courtyard Marriott or something. Think of the gym and that size and multiply it by six or eight. That's how big this gym was. And I look around. There is not a single solitary human being in this gym. It is empty on a Saturday morning. And yet I have to go up to the lobby, wait in the line with all the people checking in, checking out, all that stuff. They are short-staffed because reasons that we've talked about. They have all the plastic dividers everywhere, which we know actually not only doesn't help with the spread of COVID, makes it worse, but if we've got people you know, spraying classroom ceilings like we saw in New York City to sanitize ceilings based on no science at all, why not just keep plastic dividers up, even if it hastens the spread of the virus? Because you just got to you got to show how much you love science, even if you don't love science based on your actions and what the science actually says. It's just nuts. So I finally get up there. I have to show them my vaccination card to get a special gym key to then go back to an empty gym and work out by myself. Now, I think I probably was required to have a mask on in that gym. I will confess to you, now that I am outside of the jurisdiction of Mayor London Breed, that I did not, in fact, wear my mask at the gym. I did a 45-minute Peloton. They had some Pelotons, which was nice. Although they had every other one was unplugged, so you couldn't use it for social distancing reasons. I'll repeat, there was no one there. And the bikes were at least six feet apart. It's just insane the hoops that they make you jump through in some of these places. And I know they're talking about relaxing some of the stuff. I just don't know, like sitting at the airport, when are they going to let us not wear masks anymore on airplanes? I don't see an off-ramp anytime soon on that one. And again, I don't want to like whine and moan too much, but it was definitely frustrating. I was already in sort of a sour mood because of the uh, Northwestern football outcome. Not surprised, but still displeased. And I go down to like punish myself with a 45-minute ride just to sweat it out. And I have to go through a whole rigmarole. Probably took me 20 minutes just to get access. I had to show all this stuff. And even proving that you've got the vaccination still doesn't exempt you from anything else. And I'm someone who has both shots. And as many of you recall, I had a breakthrough case. I have all the antibodies swimming through my veins against this disease. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it should, right? Scientifically, it matters. But according to our allegedly pro-science overlords, it doesn't matter. And thus we have these types of protocols. I saw a lot of people wearing masks outside. I just, I don't know what to do with that. There was a rally this weekend in Virginia where they brought in Obama to try to help Terry McAuliffe. And it was not that big of a crowd, honestly. Glenn Youngkin had a bigger crowd. He didn't have any major name. I mean, that's, I think, sort of interesting. But there was a bullet point. There was a whole, like, FAQ on the website, the Democrats and McAuliffe, and they were asking people to wear masks outside. No, it's just no science at all. It's just superstition. It's spooky season. So we've got all of our superstitions, masks and plastic barriers and special gym keys for the empty gym. Ugh. And actually, when we showed up at the reception, at the wedding, at this very nice club, they had a whole process. They had like three minders where they had to go and you had to register in advance and provide all your documentation about your vaccine status and all this stuff. And they had a name and you had to show your ID. These are not even government people. These are just people at the club trying to abide by these mandates in the city. I don't believe I've ever had to like check in with a photo ID. And by the way, this is a city, of course, where I think most people, certainly the Democratic base and their voters there would say, oh, no, voter ID requirements are racist and wrong. Even though 75 percent of the country disagrees, this is what hardcore Democrats believe, right? It's just a horrible and racist to ask people to prove 
that they are who they say they are before they vote. But to attend a wedding reception, I had to show my photo identification in the city of San Francisco, having already pre-registered all my, my, my documents, like show me your papers if you want to come in and dance to Sweet Caroline. And again, having the spirit, not good enough. I should have tried that. If I were feeling a little bit more cheeky, I might have tried that. But again, you don't want to make a scene at someone else's wedding. You just sort of do the thing. Christine, any thoughts on this before we go? I'd make a scene. But I'm sure you're not surprised by that. I'm not sure if you would. I'm not sure if you would. I think that you made like a little bit of a scene at your daughter's school. We talked about that last week. That's completely, I think, justified in my mind. But at someone else's wedding, I think that good manners dictate that you don't cause a problem at someone's wedding or on their big day. Right? I know it happens from time to time, but it's very poor form. So I bit my lip, kept my mouth shut, and did what was asked of me. You would do the same thing, especially early in the evening. The drinking had not begun yet. You had to do all these things to get to the drinks, which is why I'm convinced you would do all the things because you would have the bar sort of like lurking in the background with a little glow emanating from it. Ah, and you, this that's where you wanted to get. Was it an open bar? Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me more. Anything you wanted all night. Nothing better than an open bar at a wedding. <laughs> You're just sort of fantasizing. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm sure you are. It's Monday, though. You know that. Although it is the happy hour. And we're out of time. Back here for the Tuesday edition on The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place. I'll be on Kennedy tonight on the panel. Fox Business Network, 7 p.m. Eastern. I will see you then and talk to you back here. Have a great night. on the Guy Benson Show. Thank you very much for listening every day. And someone who listens, if not every day, certainly at least once a week, because she loves Bonus Benson, the podcast on the weekend, is my best friend, Mary Catherine Hamm, longtime Fox News contributor. She's at one of our competitors, has been for a couple years now. We talk almost every day. And she and her husband announced yesterday that they have added to their family officially a new baby girl was born on Friday. The birth actually happened while I was flying to San Francisco. It was really fast. By the time she stepped foot in the facility to the baby being born, it was like 20 minutes. Is her third. So welcome Holly Jane to the world. We are so excited for Mary Catherine for her two other daughters, and especially for her husband, Steve. And we are just overjoyed for them, and we're very excited to have a new member of the Guy Benson Show family, a new listener. We'll take him young. Helps with the demo, right? Holly Jane getting some bonus Benson at age zero. (laughs) We love to see it. Congratulations, Mary Catherine and Steve. We love you both. Now, I want to close the show today with this story that I find absolutely hilarious. It is a Washington Post scoop. It involves local politics in northern Virginia. I know I've been focusing a lot on Virginia because of the governor's race. Now, this is a county race in Arlington County, Virginia. Here's the headline. Arlington County board candidate who said she was 52 is actually... 72 record show. (laughs) Here's the report. Arlington County board candidate Audrey Clement, who previously told news outlets that she is in her early 50s, appears to be two decades older, according to government records. When asked about the discrepancy, Clement, who's a perennial candidate who largely has self-funded her independent campaigns for local office, said that asking her age amounted to discrimination and violated her right to privacy. Quote, I believe that the Washington Post doesn't have any right to require that information of me or any other political candidate, she said in a phone interview on Monday. I believe it's a violation against my civil right and a manifestation of ageism. 
Earlier this month, The Post sent out an online questionnaire to all four candidates running for the board's one open seat. The survey included several required questions on basic biographical information, including age, neighborhood, occupation, and then asked the candidates to describe their stances on local issues. In her submission last week, Clement reported her age was 52. But voter registration records reviewed by The Post show that she was born in March of 1949, which would make her 20 years older than what she said. Now, let me just pause because this story gets better. I'm going to pause here. I think if you are asked basic biological and biographical information, you should not lie about those things, particularly in the context of running for office. It's not like it was a mystery how old she was. And for some strange reason, the Washington Post started asking her. These are standard questions that they asked everyone. And she gave an answer. She didn't leave it blank. She offered a response, which was, oh, I'm 52. Then when it turns out that she was off by 20 years and they asked her about it, she gets all huffy about her privacy and her civil rights. No one forced her to lie about her age. Look, I understand some people might fudge their age in certain contexts. I can't. Right? Like someone put it on my Wikipedia. They know my exact birthday. It's there. I'm 36. I'm never going to be able to massage that because it's a matter of public record. And I'm just someone on TV and radio. I'm not someone seeking public office in a position of power over other people. So I think the indignant response from this woman, how dare you ask if the number I gave you is in fact a total lie off by two decades? How dare you? I'm sorry. That's not going to cut it. Now, this might be my favorite line in the entire story. Upon further questioning, Clement said she, quote, had achieved the age of 52. (laughs) That is novel. That is almost impressive. If you could just pick any age that you have been and just decide that's the age that you like the best, perhaps that's the age that you identify as. So if you achieved it, check the box. I'm trying to think, what was my favorite year? I've had some good years. It's hard to really pick one, but let's just say 31. Let's say I decided that I wanted to be 31 for a while. Right, I get closer and closer to 40. Like, uh, I'm feeling better about my early 30s. I have achieved the age of 31. I've also achieved the age of 21. For me to lie about my age the way this woman has on the same scale in terms of years, I would have to be going around telling people that I'm 16. I'm a junior in high school, folks. Very precocious. I've had a long career in imaginary years that didn't really happen. Achieve the age of 52. That takes cojones from this woman. And she must have come up with that on the fly. I don't think she was expecting this little phone call from the Washington Post being like, hey, did you say 52? Did you mean 72 maybe? She's like, oh, well, I was. I achieved 52. Going back to the story now, asked why voters should trust her if she misstates her own age. She again evaded the question, quote, I believe your questioning of me right now is a violation of my right to privacy. No, it's not. You are running for office. I voted early. I thought about voting for her because she's an independent and it's just a place totally run by Democrats. But I'm kind of glad I didn't because this sounds a little bit a little batty. It is not a violation of a right to privacy to ask a candidate about why that candidate lied, volunteered a lie about a basic fact about themselves. In a subsequent phone call, Clement said, quote, a lot of candidates who reach a certain age are perceived to be over the hill and therefore unqualified for the office for which they are running. Interesting commentary on ageism, interesting concern, except. Has Ms. Clement noticed what happened in the presidential election last year. 
there were two people older than her running against each other. Someone several years older than she is won the presidency. She's running for a county seat, a county board seat. Achieve the age of 52. That is just some spectacular stuff there. There's spin, and then there's that. By the way, I had to look her up. I bet you some of you are doing that right now. You're Googling this woman. What does she look like? I will say she looks pretty good for 72. (laughs) Producer Christine, I know that you claim that you just turned 40. Anything you want to tell us? This is your chance to come clean. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think back of some of my best years, but if if I can take 20 years off, I'm going back. Yeah, I achieved 20 years old. And let me tell you something. At 20 years old, I was clever enough to have an ID that said I was 21 years old. (laughs) I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I wouldn't mind going back to that year. It was a good year. But you are sticking with your current age of quote 40 well is that what you're identifying as have you achieved have you achieved the age of 40 christine i have achieved it and i couldn't lie even if i wanted to because you would make sure of it that i was called out uh dan would make sure of it wyatt would make sure of it i'm sure good old maxi would come come around and make sure of it and we know he'd come back so no I, i think what would happen if you were lying about your age We would get an anonymous tip from a very soft-spoken young man. You could hear the pages of the Wall Street Journal turning in the background. You could hear the lack of traffic at 4 a.m. on his constitutional as he took sips from his coffee with an anonymous tip about the true age of producer Christine. Problem is, even if we confronted you on this and we made a bet and then we proved that you weren't telling the truth and you had to pay off the bet, you wouldn't do it because you still owe us French onion soup from like, what, a year and a half ago? No, see, see, this is, if you were 20 years younger, you would remember your, your, your mind would be sharper. I did that already. So we don't have to nope, go back. No, you did not. Don't worry. Nope, the that is, is don't worry. We can fact check that one. And... It's sounding like 14 Pinocchios on fire to me. That's the Guy Benson Show fact check ruling on that. We can bring back Maxi too because we have we do have people who will correct the record on that one. Anyway, look, hats off to uh, what's her name here? Audrey Clement. I mean, she looks good for 72. It doesn't make her 52. And it doesn't make it a violation of her constitutional rights or something to have journalists ask a question about it. That, I mean, that takes hoots, but like, I'm trying to think, could you even maybe just say 60, right? Where you're just going back to the beginning of your last decade. Now, she's like, I'm going to go 20 full years. She probably thought she could get away with it based on how she looks, but the truth is the truth. And we'll see if Ms. Clement prevails on Tuesday in that big election. Now I'm almost more interested in what happens in that election than the governor election. It's such a weird story. We had to close today's show with it. I'll be on special report tonight on the TV side with Brett Baer and the panel around 640 Eastern Time, Fox News Channel. Back here on the radio tomorrow, of course, same time, same place for The Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. Here on the Guy Benson Show, thanks for tuning in. And if you're listening on the broadcast, you are hearing, in my view, what is one of the hottest jams of 2021. Coldplay and BTS collaborating on my universe. And it has some strong 80s vibes. This is part of the reason why I love some of Dua Lipa's stuff, some of the weekend stuff. It has a little bit of that throwback to 80s sound. And I like 80s sound. When it comes to music. And once I heard this song, I was actually in an Uber 
and it's a rarity, but I asked the Uber driver to turn the radio up because I wanted to hear the song, and I Googled, what is this? And I have since listened to it, oh, I don't know, 100 times, 200. I was doing some work on the airplane the other day. I just had it on loop for probably half an hour. It's good. And there's a cool video that was done with the Empire State Building where they lit it up and they coordinate it with the beat of the song with all different colors and stuff. It was just cool. So to me, it's a bop. It's a banger. I endorse it. My Universe by Coldplay and BTS. I wanted to start the home stretch with something that I wanted to hear, that I was going to enjoy hearing, because I suspect what I'm about to hear, I will not enjoy as much. Producer Christine has a new idea, a new scheme. She comes up with these from time to time where she thinks that there's an opportunity to make a lot of money fast, and she tries to convince her husband to do something, frankly, dumb. I think the last one was they were going to start breeding horses. Was that, was that I think, no, I want, she and her sister were going to— I wanted to buy a horse, but I think the last one we talked about was uh, selling the house, remember? Well, that was another one where you wanted to make a huge profit on your house and you had enlisted a real estate agent to come take a look around. You didn't even tell your husband, and you also realized, well, maybe we wouldn't be able to afford a new house, the type of upgrade— that you had in mind because the other houses are also getting more expensive. So I'm not sure you'd really thought that one through entirely either. He found out about that appraisal on this show because he was listening to the home stretch, uh, and that was immediately thrown in the garbage can, just kicked to the curb, that idea. So you got the horses, you've got the house, and now there's something involving a car. Is that right? Yes, I would like to sell my car. Uh, I don't own my car. But I would like to sell it. Let me paint you a little picture. Uh, okay. Okay, so uh, Bobby and I uh, lease our cars because I like to get a new car every few years. It's nice, right? And then you never have to worry about the wear and tear. Now, I don't know if you know this guy, but there is a shortage of cars right now. So the price for pre-owned cars is skyrocketing. It is just insane. So my idea, and Dan, don't look at me funny. Hear me out. My idea is actually very smart. I heard it on a podcast the other day. Oh, it must be good. What I would like to do is uh, pay off, because we owe like only maybe like 5,000 left on the lease. And then I want to buy the car outright, you know, like the buyout price at the end of the lease. So whatever that is, I want to do that right now, own the car, and then I want to sell it. And I probably, I told Bobby, I can easily probably make, I would say about nine to $10,000 right away. Now you ask, well, what happens, Christine? You don't have a car. There are great lease specials going on right now, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to be set on one type of car. So I will look for the best deal where I put no money down and just get back into a car payment. Boom. I just pocketed almost $10,000. Well, no, but you'd need those dollars to then lease your next car. No, no, no. Because you need a car. Yes, but I'm going to find a... uh, I'm going to find a good deal. I'm going to find something that, you know, maybe, oh, like maybe a thousand down. I'm pretty good at haggling. I'm the one that always gets the cars for us. Usually Bobby drops me off and then I'll call him a few hours later and say, this is what we got. This is the deal, you know, because I can put the tears on. I can walk out. I can stomp out. You know, they get annoyed with me. They just want me out of the dealership. So usually I believe that. What's the crying? Do you come up with some story, like some sob story about a sick child or something? Do you lie? Um, I don't. Can, I, I'm not sure if I should say that on air. But listen, I do what I have to well, do. I mean, you come in. In fairness, you did talk about how your mother is, with all due respect to Judgey Joyce, a scam artist herself, right? Where she buys things and then puts her very, very, very old version of those things in the box and returns it for a full refund. And then keeps the new one, which is actual 
stealing. You admitted that on the air. So I wonder, have you inherited? Did you did. I actually got a text from my mom listening to that show like, um, I think Christine just described a crime. I was like, yeah, her mom's crime. So now I'm wondering, have you sort of taken that model and maybe walked it back a little bit, but you go marching into some, I don't know, Buick dealership and you say, here's what I need. And then, you know, you turn on the waterworks in order to get what you want. I just like, what would be, how would you try to convince me? I'm a, I'm a used car salesman. Okay. Cookie walks through the door. Okay. What is Cookie telling me to make me part with a vehicle for much less money than I want to? So what happens first is you'll I'll pick out, you know, not the top model car. I'll pick out a lower base model and you'll say to me, okay, you know, that's such and such a price. And I'll say, mm, okay, let's, you know what? Uh, hey, uh, I'm going to call you Joe, okay? Hey, Joe, why don't you and I go walk around this lot? Let's just see what else you got there, you know. Uh, maybe my husband will upgrade me a little bit. Let's just go take a walk. Then I go and find the one that I had already looked at because I went before. And I was like, what about this one? He's like, oh, that's the upgraded, you know, model. Yeah, but Joe, I mean, oh, and also just so you know, you go at the, in December. Yeah, you go in December, preferably like the 30th or even the 31st because Joe's, Joe wants to get that car off the lot. Joe wants to mm. bank that car, you know? He wants it off. He wants that number. So, Joe, this is going to work for both of us right now. I really want that car. It's a safe car. It's a brand new car. I don't have to worry about, you know, breaking down anywhere. You, you need that car to be sold, don't you? We got, we got to make a deal here. I mean, that's all normal haggling. I'm not hearing any sort of insane, you know, weepy, teary-eyed. So, Joe then usually tells me no. Oh, That's okay. when the tears start. You know, uh, I, I, it's, it's been a couple hours now. I'm starting to get cranky. Hours, your lips hours, start yes. quivering. And what, what do you tell Joe? So the reason that I start crying is, okay, I have to leave. My husband is basically saying we're done. He's not paying this. Forget it. You know what? I'm just going to take my car back. Or he said we'll go somewhere else. Joe, I don't want to do that. I want a car now, Joe. I don't want to leave here without a car. I mean, okay, you're getting emotional, certainly, and maybe mm -hmm. he's just, you know, Joe starts to panic a little bit, but this is not necessarily emotionally compelling. Oh, oh, big... oh, and then I'll bring Bobby in. Then I'll call Bobby and be like, come in and bring Megan. Got to bring the kid in. All right, so here comes the child. Okay. Do you coach Megan to cry? You know, I don't coach her, but actually the last time we went and Megan, they came in, uh... It was between two cars, the, the nicer model and the other one. Megan started crying. She didn't like the other one. She literally started crying. I don't want to be in that car, Mommy. <laughs> so I don't know if it necessarily helped, but she, she's got chops, you know? I think she's going to be good at this as well. I just want you to know. It's a cute little family scam you got running there all together. So it's Bobby's not involved in this usually. He's the one screaming oh. at me to let's go. He's like over it. Um, but I just What does he think of this uh, this other idea that you've just presented where you're going to pay off the lease and then buy the car and then immediately sell the car and then immediately start leasing another car. What does he, what he does he said, think about that one? He said it's too many moving parts. He doesn't, he believes mm -hmm. the podcast that I was listening to is lying just to make mm -hmm. a story. And then he also wanted to know where are we getting the money for the loan for the car? Now, I mean, mm -hmm. we can oh. take it obviously out of savings, but he's like, and what happens if we don't actually get the deal that you think we're going to get? So I have a better huh. idea. So it's not really... We're not worried about the money in our savings. I'm going to go to Judge Joyce, and I can get a 0% loan, obviously, from her. And then I'll just say to her— a loan from your mother. Yeah, and then I'll just pay her back. But I don't have to pay interest. Do the waterworks work on her? I'd imagine oh, not. Oh, no, 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 no. No, there I have to she come with, She can see right through that. She's, yeah. like, she's like, no, sweetie, I know exactly what you're doing. No, don't it, even it, she wouldn't call me sweetie. <laughs> She'd be like, Chris, get real. That's what you would say to me <laughs> in that vote. Zero chance. But if I Zero gave her the facts and explained to her how the pro what I'm thinking, I would have a better chance. Um, I really don't understand why more people aren't. Maybe people are doing this. I don't know if you want to ask people out there, are you doing this? I don't think. No, they're not. Then they might now because they'd be like, I heard it on a podcast, but it's going to be our podcast. It's going to be the Guy Benson Show podcast. And I just want to 
clearly state for the record that the host of this program, whose name is on the show, I, Guy Benson, do not endorse this plan at all. Consult your family accountant or some other professional. Do not listen to some harebrained scheme from a woman that you know as Cookie. That's just my warning, and I tend to agree with Bobby, unsurprisingly, on this one. A lot of moving parts, a lot of lack of guarantees, and it seems like the juice isn't worth the squeeze, potentially. Is that the phrase that people use sometimes? That is my fear on your behalf. But you never know unless you try. And he he won't even give me the information of our car to really like go, you know, because I was like, just give me the details or give me the website so I can go look at it. He he just ignores it. I just texted him again. I said, Bobby, please give me the information so I can log in and look at our lease deal. He will not. I want to see a video like surveillance footage of producer Christine with a magnifying glass trying to find the VIN number on her vehicle. Well, that's what I, I and think. And taking like hours to do it. So the thing is, I need to sell this kind of through a third party and you need the VIN number. So I got to figure out, I got to Google where to find a VIN number. I guess Bobby, it's in the gotta, car somewhere. I know you're listening, Bobby. You got to stand strong on this one. And it's, to me, it's a hard no. Yet again, she'll think of something else. It's, it's a car. It's a horse. It's a house. I'm waiting for the airplane. The jet is coming at some point, And uh, we'll see how that flies, if and when it comes. We're out of time. It's a no from me, dog. It's a no from me. Back here for the Guy Benson Show on Thursday from Chicago. Thank you for listening tonight. We'll talk to you then. Have a good evening. Home stretch from the windy city of Chicago on the Guy Benson Show. I'm here today and tomorrow for the program. Sticking around for Northwestern Minnesota football over the weekend. It is definitely Chicago weather today. Breezy, cold, there was some rain. So yeah, par for the course out here. I saw this tweet last night, and it goes to a debate that I've heard before. Twitter user asking, is it possible for a man and a woman who are not otherwise related to be platonic best friends? Right, so there's no romance at all. These are just the best of friends but it's a man and a woman as opposed to, you know, two bros, two girlfriends. And my answer is extremely straightforward. This was not really complicated for me, which is my best friend is a woman. There is no romance. Sorry, Mary Catherine. People always sort of thought maybe there was something going on or hoping that would be the case, but alas, it was not to be. Oh yeah, we have a theory. They're going to get together. No, that's not going to happen for a variety of reasons. But Mary Catherine Hamm and I have been besties, you know, for years. And to me, it's completely and utterly normal. Like, I have very, very close guy friends, too. But that is a best friend situation. I'm a male. She's a female. It just it doesn't even occur to me that that's strange or unusual or not possible or whatever. Now, you might say, well, that's because you aren't really romantically a threat to any of her significant others over the course of the friendship. Although early days, I do remember she told me, looking back, there was a guy she was dating right after she and I really started to become close friends, and he apparently was, like, threatened by me. They would say it. Little did he know. It was all fine. <laughs> not, Don't worry, bro. Not, Not a thing. But... I guess it's fair to say, well, maybe the dynamic is a little bit different, right? If the guy, in my case, is gay and the woman is straight or whatever, maybe that's a little different than two heterosexuals, right? Male and female being best friends the same way. Uh, you know, maybe. I'm open to that, that wrinkle in this conversation. But I just retweeted this tweet and I CC'd Mary Catherine. She's at MK Hammer on Twitter because to me, it's open and closed. Black and white. Of course it's possible because it's my life. Right? That's my lived experience, as we like to say. One of the buzz phrases these days. However, when I brought this up on the call earlier, now producer Christine had some thoughts on this. So did Dan, our new technical producer and engineer. So Dan, 
explain the take that you have on this based on your friendships and then your relationships. So I had an ex-girlfriend of a few years ago, and she had a guy best friend. Let's call him Bob, for example. So Bob and my ex-girlfriend would, you know, confide in each other and hang out all the time, go on walks and hikes and stuff like that. So I brought it up one time. I was like, you guys spend a lot of time together. Is, you know, is there anything like going on or ever happened? She goes, no, 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 never. I see Bob like a year ago after we'd broken up and he goes, oh yeah, I was in love with her the whole time. And it just caught me so off guard. And I was like, you know, I'm not a jealous person, so I didn't really care at the time, but I don't think... It can happen. They're always going to kind of be those underlying feelings, I think, with someone Mm. when you're that close. I mean, unless, I mean, in that case, yes, obviously, some of your suspicions, at least on his end, were true. Maybe those feelings weren't reciprocated at all by her. They're not together, are they? It's not like they got together. No, her feelings were not the same as. Okay, so tough luck for him. Yes, tough luck for him. (laughs) But, you know, maybe one person would be hoping for something more. The other not, or maybe they both secretly are, and then they end up together and it's happily ever after or whatever. But I think that there's entirely plausible scenarios where you just have two people who are very happily romantically involved elsewhere, who are of opposite sexes, and who nevertheless are very extremely close, if not best, platonic friends. Like, that dynamic is not impossible. To me, it's, setting aside my own example, it is entirely possible. Christine's not so sure either. So I'm kind of getting outvoted on this one by the straights here on the show. But Christine, explain your dilemma on this. I'm sorry. I want to be, and I've always wanted to be that cool chick that was like, yeah, sure, Bobby, go hang out with the girls. I don't care. You know, I'm confident. No, no, I was not. Bobby had a uh, best friend that was a girl. And uh, Bobby's from... Massachusetts from the Boston area. So when he moved down here and him and I were dating, you know, friends would come and visit him. And one of the girls that he was best friends with would come and visit. And I just did not feel very comfortable with that. But I was told they're, you know, just best friends. They've been buds for all this time. Well, once Bobby and I got engaged, this girl basically just like peaced out and really didn't reach out to Bob much, even though he was reaching out. And then, um, had a couple glasses of wine one summer with my mother-in-law and she was like, Oh yeah, that girl was completely in love with Bobby. So I just, I kind of agree with Dan. It's just, it's very tough. And honestly, in my twenties and my teens, I had what I thought were guy friends. It didn't always turned out like they had feelings or something and it just, it didn't work out. So, and obviously guy, your situation's a little different. So I think that maybe it can happen, but I, I don't believe it really can. Here's my confusion, though, because you have said that Wyatt and I and Dan and also Max are your best friend. I am a married woman and I'm a mother. That's totally different. That that just changes the thing. And to be perfectly well, honest, on. no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like. You, the question here is whether a guy and a girl can be best friends and it be entirely platonic and not romantic at all. There's no special caveats or asterisks about sexuality or about age or about marital status or parental status. That's not part of this. I'm going to be perfectly honest. And Dan, I'm going to have to use you as an example right now. And I'm sorry. But like, seriously, Dan and I would not be going out on a Friday night to dinner and a bar together. And I'm calling Bobby saying, yeah, Dan and I are going out to dinner. Maybe we'll catch a movie. You know, we're just friends. It, it just wouldn't. We wouldn't do that. Bobby would not be OK with that. But if it were me, this would not happen, by the way. But if it were me. Wait, Bobby, we've hung out, you and I. We've gone yeah, out to dinner. We wouldn't go to a movie. Why not? Wait, uh, you you, wait like now you're person. saying you wouldn't go to a movie with me? I'm your you best like friend. The, no, 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 that your words. I, here's the thing. You strike me as the type of person who would be constantly talking and asking questions during a movie. Oh, and I, I just, yep, I, I could not be a party to that. I'd be like, attention, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know this person. It, can we, can we vote her off the island? I can't take questions mid move it's it's not my fault that sometimes i lose track of thought bobby pauses a lot <laughs> just to stop and explain things oh i'm gonna tell you another story bobby and i were co-workers don't forget i remember and we were quote-unquote friends for a good year and a half. i was dating somebody else we were just friends for a year and a half and look yeah, how that no, look how that worked it, out no, 
But the thing is, you're not disproving the point. Your anecdotes about how it hasn't worked out or has worked out in certain ways in your individual lives, those are true, but it doesn't make the entire proposition impossible for others. Like, of course, there are examples where you can say, oh, we started as friends and now we're married or whatever. That's how it always goes. For people who end up getting into a relationship, typically they start as friends in some way. That doesn't mean that a male and a female cannot be best friends and not have it go down that path. Um, are these two people? I just think once. OK, fine. You could be best friends with uh, a male, female, you know. But once other people like relationships get in the way, I'm telling you, it doesn't work. I ha- I don't have any girlfriends. None. And I have a lot of friends. Remember. I do not have any girlfriends that have a platonic guy best friend. I just don't. I don't. If Bobby and that girl were still close and were still friends and were still chatting and stuff and wanted to hang out and do stuff, would you at some point have shut it down yes. and been like, really? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm you being, I'm you being honest. I'm being stopped honest. him from spending time with his best friend. Yes. Be- because of insecurities and jealousy. Yes. I'm 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 laying it all out there. I'm being honest. Yes, I would have stopped it. Does that make you feel guilty at all? Well, now it does. I know I I was. Why? It's Be- hormones. Because it's- like I'm sorry. Like just it it, it happens. But we're, you're not we're all animals. You know, like <laughs> wow. Come well, on. <laughs> there's a drop. Let's let's pull that. We're Don't do all that. animals. This is in fact. Let's let's play it at the end of the show today. As a matter of fact. But not everyone is attracted to everyone, can, right? Dan, Pe- can you please step in here? Because I, I know he People have preferences. People have types. People are into certain people and not into others. Like, I know, Christine, this may come as a shock, but gay men are not attracted to all other men. It's like, oh, can I, can I not have a male best friend? That's an interesting question. Can I not have a male best friend? Is that male straight? Either way. Well, can I no, not have a, not can I not have a gay best no, friend? I cannot not, have a gay best friend, really. I, I'm not. I, I, I don't. I'm not sure if it's different, but I don't know if I was your spouse, if I was married to you, and you had a a, a, a guy best friend who you could potentially be a couple or something. I I don't know how much I would be ex- happy about it. Hmm. Is that wrong, Dan? Am I wrong? I don't think so. I, I kind of tend to agree in that situation, but it is a hard kind of thing to to do and put yourself in that position. Maybe we need to we bring quiet. To a, uh, Maybe we need quiet Wyatt in here. <laughs> quiet Wyatt. I'm being outvoted here. Quiet Wyatt. Do you have a quick thought on this? Well, I think this conversation has violated several HR rules and regulations. <laughs> of course um, you so do. There's that. And then also, he's I reported just us already. President Gen Zer on this on this discussion that gender is uh, a con uh, a construct of the patriarchy <laughs> and we, we we shouldn't be labeling male or female <laughs> yeah this is also that we we haven't considered the equity in any of this which is really on us if you think about it we're also out of time maybe we can do a a poll on this should we do a twitter poll on this at guy benson show yes is I, it possible I and i just want to put it out there because bobby listens to this segment every single day Mr. Bob, you are not going out as a friend with any other woman besides your wife. I'm putting it out there because if you do, there will be problems. Is that is that did, did I make myself clear, do you think, guy? Oh, I think you did. And that's even without any booze in the system. So I I think the message has been received. I also think that you might actually win this Twitter poll. You always lose them when we do these things, which is why I'm reluctant. I just think it's I think it's possible. But perhaps I'll be proven wrong by the people. Although, again, the majority does not dictate whether something is possible for others. But let's put that up there, Wyatt. At Guy Benson Show on Twitter, is this possible for people, yes or no? To have a best friend, opposite sex, let's say heterosexual or, you know, where the sexualities would align, is that possible? Yes or no? And just be friends. Fully platonic, no romance or anything else. We'll put it up there. We'll see what the people say on the Internet, because the Internet's never wrong. Out of time. Here in Chicago, I'm coming up on special report tonight, 6 p.m. hour Eastern time. 
on Special Report. We'll see you there. Back here tomorrow on the radio, it's the Guy Benson Show, where... But you're not animals! Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show, almost Halloween. Happy Friday to all of you. So yesterday in this segment, we were talking about this discussion that I saw prompted on social media. Is it possible for a man and a woman to be best friends platonically with no romance whatsoever? Is that a thing? Is that possible? So we had a debate. My answer was yes. My best friend, in fact, is a woman. Producer Christine, Dan also disagreed. Wyatt had a very funny contribution. You can go back and catch the home stretch yesterday on the free podcast. But producer Christine really felt very strongly about this. And at one point made a reference to herself as an animal. We actually clipped that and we played it. And her husband, Bobby, listened to the segment. We did a poll, by the way, on Twitter, at Guy Benson Show. And this was the question that we asked. Help us settle the debate. Is it possible for a man and a woman to be completely platonic best friends with no romantic aspect at all? My answer was yes. Christine's answer was no. There was also an option. It depends. So producer Christine has commanded the support of less than one-third of respondents. 32% agree with Christine and Dan. 52%, a majority, agree with me. 16% say it depends, which I actually count as agreeing with me. Because the question was, is it possible? So if the answer is it depends, that means, yes, it is possible for some people. So this was another two-thirds to one-third landslide on behalf of Guy Benson against cookie producer Christine. And not only was Christine licking her wounds, having lost yet another one of these polls, her own husband, who was listening, as I mentioned, he had a few interesting, perhaps choice words for Christine. And I guess there are some clarifications that she would like to offer, Christine. So yesterday I was trying to make the point, not that I'm just an animal, but we're all animals. And I was saying... I was using Dan, our lovely engineer, as a an example that I just wouldn't randomly go out, you know, to dinner and movies with him. And uh, my husband had an interesting take. He said it came off like I was saying, I'm an animal, so I can't be controlled. Who knows what I'll do? That's why I can't go hang out with Dan platonically. That's not that's not at all what I meant. And um, I'm I, I'm not sure, actually, if I'm clarifying this any much better. Yeah, you might need a clarification of the clarification. Could, on you, do, could you clarify this for me, please? No, no, oh, because God. I'm enjoying this. I will also say it wasn't just your husband, Bobby, who had a few words for you about this. You heard from Max, who was listening to the show, and he uh, took exception. Did he not? He did. He did. He didn't understand, uh, you know, where I was coming from. I I don't think any of you guys just ever get me. So. Because <laughs> he was like, hang on, we can't hang out as friends. Yeah, he didn't platonically. understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because it is possible. And you were relentless at calling him your best friend. Calling him Maxie. You had a little pet name for him and everything. That's true. But I did, don't don't forget, I did make the exception that I'm a married woman now uh, and a mother, so it's kind yeah, of it, different. And I, and I rejected that. It sounds like you're sort of in the it depends category. You don't even agree with yourself. I've persuaded you to the point that you don't even agree with yourself. That's what I'm hearing here. In the meantime, you've got a party coming up this weekend. You planned it. I guess, what, did you invite a bunch of people and then you decided to tell Bobby that this was happening? Is it at your house? How did yes. you tell him? Yes, I'm having a Halloween party for Megan's little friends and then, of course, all of her, the parents. So it's kind of, it's not like one of my over-the-top holiday parties, but we're doing pizza, beer, wine, cocktails. Is it Saturday? No, it Sunday? Sunday. We're going to do this before we go trick-or-treating. You know, get the parents a little a liquored up. Yeah. And so the thing is, I was trying to explain this to Dan. He didn't understand why I would be so cold as to let Bobby know two days or three days before 
this party that we were having one is I'm sure I've said this before. Bobby's starting point for everything is no. He doesn't, he's not a, a yes person, especially with me. Like everything is, any idea is always no. And then you kind of, kind of, you know, work the cookie magic. So, so you're a ask for an, an apology. Oh, not for yeah. permission. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Type yeah. And I don't even mentality. know if I really ask for forgiveness, but <laughs> so I decided uh, we were all going to go trick or treating. So I, I think there's about 20 people, which is not like a huge party. But there's about 20 people coming on Sunday. So I think it was yesterday I texted Bobby and I said, great news, Halloween party Sunday. And he's like, oh, okay, where? And then I just put our address and I wrote, be there. <laughs> oh, you informed him by text? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was working. So, so you texted him his own home address to inform him that he will be hosting a party. Yes. And the funny thing is, he's so used to my shenanigans that he didn't even really argue or anything. He just wrote yuck. And then he wrote, oh, <laughs> what a good response. Yuck. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're going to be at one, two, three, four, eyesore lane. Be there. <laughs> now, here's the one question that I do have for you, though, Christine, about this Halloween party and all the kids and all the excitement. Is it strange to host a Halloween party when your house is already fully decked out for Christmas? So we're no 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 we're not there yet. Don't forget. Uh I'll start decorating for Christmas usually November 1st. Uh, th- listen, we got it. We'll talk about this down the road. I'm we're I'm a little confused cuz I am hosting thanks Oh, I should tell Bobby that. I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year. So, um I'm thinking of like leaving some fall decor and then just definitely have the tree up, you know, completely decorated. So fall and Christmas decorations clashing. I I don't. You said clashing. I don't. Nothing in my home clashes. Oh, I doubt that. I I haven't been. I've never been invited. In fact, but I have a guess that there's some clashing stuff, including just the decorations, because you're always wanting every holiday to be decorated for like four months in advance, which is awkward when you're trying to celebrate a current holiday. I just don't know how you really manage it. And I know Bobby has pointed out, like, well, why are you going to put up Christmas stuff already when you have all this Thanksgiving stuff? It's this is a a very tricky balancing act for a cookie out there. Now, one person who will definitely not, it sounds like, be attending your party. First of all, he works on Sundays. But second of all, it doesn't really sound like he's very much in the Halloween spirit. Our colleague, Chris Wallace, anchor of Fox News Sunday, he was on one of the local stations promoting Fox News Sunday. I believe it was Fox 5 in D.C., and they were asking if he might join some of the hijinks with costumes. I'll just uh, have a listen to this. Cut 15. I'm dressing up at 10 o'clock because we <laughs> have to do a Halloween show every year here at Fox 5. And I'm disappointed that you're not going to be joining us. This was the day I was going to invite you to the studio. But if you're not going to dress up, then we're going to do that. Let me say, I can't think of a less inviting invitation <laughs> than saying, oh, come here and make a damn fool of yourself dressing up as a cat. All right. We, look, we can do it. We'll make it simple. Uh, we will save- say, Steve, <laughs> yeah, Steve, that's a hard no. Not a no, a hard no. It's a hard no. Is there anything harder than a hard no? Should producer Christine invite Chris Wallace to her Halloween party? I'm not sure, but I think if anyone's going to come up with the words for it, it's going to be Chris Wallace. And also, like, in fairness, I'm trying to imagine how Chris Wallace would be at a Halloween party. Right? He'd show up. He'd be certainly not in a costume. He'd just be, like, cornering guests. Pressing them with follow-up questions. Sir, sir, with respect. He'd go up to each person and hello again. (laughs) I think he and I are kindred spirits on this one. I'm not a big Halloween guy. I know. Sorry. I do it sometimes. If Adam were involved. See, I'm in Chicago for this weekend. So I'm going to the Northwestern game tomorrow. Go Cats. Beat Minnesota. We'll see. Uh, Not too optimistic, but one never knows. If I were back home, I mean, he has a costume. He is going as spell check. And it's a fairly elaborate thing. He ordered multiple components for this costume. He did a whole pre-Halloween thing with our friend last night, making little gifts for the adults in the neighborhood. Then there'll be candy for the kids. 
So he's all into it. If I were there and present for all of it, just like last year, remember, I was one of the cast members, one of the characters from S. Creek, the show whose name we can't say on the radio because the first word rhymes with the word that we can't say on the air, but S. Creek. I was Patrick from S. Creek, and he was David, of Ew David, right, him. I'm sure I would somehow be, I don't know, grammar check, word count. I'd be some sort of uh, Microsoft Word feature, I would guess, to complement his costume. But I'm in Chicago. So my costume will be that guy uh, who's dressed up like a Northwestern fan who thinks that they still have a chance to get to 500, right? That's, that's basically my costume. Call me lame if you will, but it, perhaps it's the, it's the Chris Wallace model of journalism. Next year. Maybe I'll do a costume next year. Right, good luck with the uh, the party there, Christine. I'll have to report back on Monday after your clarification of the clarification about the animal statement. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy Halloween. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy Bonus Benson back here on Monday for the Guy Benson Show. was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to be part of the conversation with me, Brian Kilmeade. I'll talk about the biggest stories of the day and get your take along with some of the biggest newsmakers around. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the podcast at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.